Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Danko with your market view, and joining us to analyze the latest market actions is Ryan Huang and Sean Chong. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. All right, guys. Now let's talk about the slump overnight on Wall Street. And as you know, the Nasdaq Composite is slumped overnight as investors sold shares of technology companies that have outperformed this year and the final trading week of the first half commence. Now a pullback in technology giants con- contributed heavily to the Nasdaq's sharp decline. We're talking about Nvidia, Alphabet, and Meta platforms that have lost more than three percent each. And Tesla, it sank six percent. And that comes as Goldman Sachs downgraded the electric car maker, citing pricing headwinds. Now, Ryan, let's bring you in on this first. What do you make of this recent pullback? Yeah, I'm just looking at the news headlines, what I can find online, websites, newspapers, and there isn't really a lot to go on. So I think investors are facing the same issue. There isn't a lot of news to trade on. There's a lack of catalyst, so to speak, and there's more reason to sell than to buy. So you've got things like recession fears. Um, you've got things like what we've been talking about in the past few days, the over the weekend um, military coup of sorts mm. that fizzled out. You've got Janet Yellen planning to go to China and just a lot of waiting and seeing. So I think people are in the backdrop looking at the rally that's been taking profit right now. Interesting, yeah. In fact, and now it's like, I would like to see this as like a low period for markets. Uh, just a lot of waiting and seeing and to see how things develop, especially ahead of the earnings season. Now, Sean, let's bring you in on this then. What is your take on the recent market pullback? Well, I think it might just be the very definition of backwardation mm. theory, you know, when you basically, you know, higher demand for an asset, as we have seen with all this excitement for these stocks, you know, and more and high demand, and there are you no know, contracts that's maturing in the coming coming months uh, through the futures market. So, if you you've mentioned a few, you've mentioned uh, Nvidia, Alphabet, uh, Meta losing by more than three percent each. Uh, I think basically you notice that you know the the, the tech stocks, you know, they, the gains have been very concentrated, mm. right? Uh, I mean, on, on top of the three, I'll give you three more names. Like Microsoft is is just grown. To a new highs yeah. That's Oracle Wow And uh, Palantir Is just very exciting as well yeah. So Palantir in fact Has sought by as much as 167% Since January the 1st right wow. Before the current pullback So I don't think this Pullback is really That big a deal Because it's still Higher highs as being made And and if you look at the uh, the, the, the lows that we had uh, We're based on the session low That we've had yeah. which was Recently Which was, uh, which was um, 4,343. It is still way past many of Wall Street firms' uh, forecasts that, you know, mm. that we'll be at 4,003 by the year's end. We've seen to got it six months ahead of time. So definitely, I think as if you go based on theories, this is, this is not a big concern. I think it's just very natural that it happened and I wouldn't be too alarmed. Would you say that this would then be, I suppose, a healthy pullback of sorts, especially since, like, you know, there are not a lot of developments in the markets now. So markets are just uh, pricing in the the possibility of going too fast, uh, too high, too fast. I would think. Are we are we too high, too fast? Maybe, but in general, but in general, on this pullback, I think it's it's very natural. I wouldn't be too alarmed yet. 
uh, unless something fundamentally changes, of course. But based on just the way the headlines are right now and so on, of course, earnings is coming in. That may be a game changer. Mm. And it's important that in this earnings release, the tax, especially these tax, they follow through given that they are now on multiple expansions, mm. especially in a video which is on 220, which is, you know, it's, this will be sort of like a reckoning for them uh, whether they are able to maintain and whether they're able to remain uh, to maintain this, uh, you know, uh, whether they are able to be viable at right. these prices. But, you know, of course that could change things, but without knowing the, uh, what they're releasing at so far, I think this is pretty normal. Mm. Yeah, then what do markets have in common with life? What do we... I mean, there are ups and downs. <laughs> it's not always in a straight line. Yeah. And they're always full of surprises. So mm. I think this is the lesson here. No, things don't always go in a straight line, even though it might go up. It might go down some days. It might go up some days. I think that's where your long-term view comes into play. You've got mm. to have that idea at the end of the I guess, journey. Where do you want things to go? And if it's still in line with your grander plan on track with your goals, then mm. you have to figure out if you want to dollar cost average and buy even more or you know, reduce your exposure depending on how you read into the markets right now. Mm. Actually, if you take a look at earnings, right, the, the one that was just came through in the last uh, 24 hours or so was Carnival. Mm. And I think that, that that's a very big, uh, that's a very good, ref- uh, we can use that as a reference mm. because Carnival basically had record-setting revenues. It beat top and bottom line. Wow. Yet, the stock goes, pulls back by almost 11%. Mm. Well, several reasons. Of course, firstly, this stock has surged by about 80% in the last two months. Mm. So, you know how, you know what goes up has to come down. Yeah. And secondly, of course, there's a weaker forecast on third quarter profit to be largely below estimates because of issues like rising marketing and labour costs that could eat into gains and so on. So again, it's, it's, it's about expectations, right? So if the expectations are already this bullish when it comes to tech and, 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 and are they able to follow through is what we think we'll be looking at. And perhaps there'll be some might, some won't. We'll see, and and may, maybe there'll be a bit more dramatic movements. Uh, yeah. So, but so just just pay attention to the good names, I guess. Mm, yeah, we've also got investors. I mean, talking about how this might be a promising year for tech stocks, having rebounded this year after a difficult twenty twenty two, and on a bet on the promise of artificial intelligence. But also, this comes against the backdrop of their bets that the central bank will cut rates this year. And I mean, last week, if you or a few weeks ago, you remember that. Fed Chair Jerome Powell warned that the U.S. may need one or two more rate increases for this year. And investors are growing more and more anxious that the central banks determined to extinguish inflation will likely keep pushing rates higher and, of course, risk breaking fragile economies. So we'll keep a close eye on the developments in this story. But, of course, the final week of June is a relatively light one for economics report highlighted by the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index for May that will be released on Friday. Friday. And meanwhile, traders will also be monitoring the situation over in Russia following a brief rebellion by a private military group over the weekend. And uncertainty could also keep markets on the edge. Now we turn our attention over to the oil market where we're seeing the OPEC recently announcing that the global oil demand will rise to 110 million barrels a day in about 20 years, pushing the world's energy demand up by 23%. And it actually contradicts the International Energy Agency's predictions of annual demand growth thinning down from 2.4 million barrels per day in 2023 to 400,000 barrels per day in 2028. So Ryan, what's the argument here? Aren't we all about renewable energy? 
Yeah, where will you be in 20 years' time then? <laughs> Me? Oh, it's yeah. a bit hard to say. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. You paint a picture for 20 years' time, but they have been confident enough to paint that picture that we will still be needing oil, in fact, more oil, mm. 23% more oil, even though we've been pushing for greener cars, EVs, and renewables. The thing is, it will take some time to transition. So we need investments into these things before they pay off. And for many emerging countries, they need time to transition from the legacy stuff, mm. which to some extent, the developed countries already went through that phase. So you have to take that into account. And I think we've already seen how in the past few years, due to various reasons, disruptions in supply chains, COVID-19, the Ukraine war, people had to fall back on energy and all the traditional sources of energy. And they realized that to some extent, they needed fossil fuels to keep things going. So that, I think, is the picture here, that the reality is it will take time. And also, the OPEC view is oil is replaceable for the foreseeable future, even mm. though we will still see things like new forms of um, biogas, biomass, hydrogen, these new things. But also, because they have been under-investing in fossil fuel exploration, prices could be impacted in the form of... Um, supply being restricted because they have been under-investing in production exploration. So that's something else to take into account. Mm. All right, Sean, what about you? What's your take on this then in terms of oil demand and its forecast? I'm with you on this one in the sense that we're all about renewable energy. Mm. So I'm finding this very puzzling actually. Mm. I would have I thought it would be less. So I, I think maybe one of the variables as well could be which administration we're in in the US. Mm. As we know, the current administration is more for renewable energy. The previous one was more for oil. So that could easily switch, switch around. We, we, I guess we would find out for sure after the... Uh, coming up the, the 2024 elections and maybe that might be a, a sign. Yeah, OPEC has said that the lack of funding in the oil industry is likely to spark energy chaos given about an expected 500,000 people are expected to migrate around the world between now and 2030. So he says, I mean, they have said that the world will need more oil, not less which is quite a contradiction to what they've been saying so far. I mean, but of course, they acknowledge that the renewables will still play a greater role in the world's energy mix going forward. But of course, they are still seeing that the oil will be a nice mix to this, uh, to this demand as well. Now then, let's talk about the, you know, the backdrop of the political instability we're seeing over in Russia and discuss how oil prices are performing so far today. Ryan, why not give us a breakdown of how oil prices are performing so far? Okay, here's a big overview. Oil prices are down for the year by over 30%. um, But we are seeing in more recent days things starting to pick up. And if you look Mm. at where we are right now for WTI, we are trading at just slightly under $70 per barrel. So overnight, it is up by 0.1%. Brand crude trading at $74. It's up slightly by 0.1%. So there is some inclination for investors to think, hey, maybe prices could go up because of recent events in Russia. Mm. And Russia, of course, a big producer of oil. So the... Theory here is if there is going to be more civil unrest in Russia, it could cause disruptions to the local economy, activities, including producing oil, 
and that could restrict supply, and then that will raise prices. So that is, I think, a factor of um, investors or traders at least pricing in some of that scenario. Mm. Political stability, I mean, leading to the worsening of supply shortages in the months ahead, especially ahead due to the Saudi Arabia's pledge to cut output from July and a risk of lower U.S. production and an imminent end to the U.S. strategic reserve releases. These are some concerning signs of uh, how it might affect the oil market in the near future. Now we're going to play a game of up or down, and you would know how to play this game. It's very simple. All you got to do is to guess whether a stock or a topic that I'll pick is going to be an up or down. Ryan and Sean, are you guys ready? Yep, let's do I it. think so. Yep. Okay, here we go. The first on the list, we've got Apple. Okay, Sean, why don't you go first? Okay, Apple is an up and a down for me. Up because, you know, they have new products coming through. They're going to upgrade a lot of their products at the iMac. And I think they've plans for a new Apple Watch Ultra. That's an up, but it's a down for me because I'm just thinking how much is going to cost because we know Apple products just keep going more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's already so expensive. So right. I'm not looking forward to seeing the price of that. Okay, thanks for that, Sean. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's going to be up for Apple. For many Apple fans as well, mm-hmm. more products... More variants, more colors, more sizes. Mm. So I'm sure they will cater to those on both ends of the spectrum, whether you want an affordable one or the you know, really specced out one. They will have something for you and it's in their interest to sell more. Yeah, I do think that, I mean, especially for Apple fans out there, I think they're loyal enough to stick to their products. I mean, most of the times people are excited to switch into an iPhone or at least an upgrade to their iPhone. So are you guys getting a new iPhone? I'm not an iPhone user. Ah, <laughs> no, but I could be tempted to look at some of the wearables, the right. watch, the watch, and the um, Apple Pro Vision, Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, if there is a compelling app for it. Well, I mean, consumers, you don't only have to settle for that because a pair of new 24-inch iMacs are also slated for the launch. And they've also begun early work on an even larger, hear me out, 30-inch iMac. My goodness, which would be the company's largest all-in-one size screen to date. So the 30-inch? I don't know. 30-inch is... It's huge. <laughs> it's a, a standard laptop is around 15 inches. So d- yeah. double, double that. Oh man, that's going to be so heavy. I mean, oh, yeah. Heavy it's like, I'm just imagining like how it would look, how it would feel after working on it for a long time. The strain mm. on your eyes as well. But anyways, I'm going to go with an up for Apple still because I do believe there will be people out there who will be buying it. So, I mean, the price is going to cost quite a bit. So anyways, next on the list, we've got Meta. Ryan, why not you go first? All right, Meta is an up for me. So they've launched a subscription service for their VR stuff so okay. it's going to cost $7.99 a month and this gives users access to two new titles each month they can use with their Quest 2 gear which is the pretty much goggles you put on yourself to go into the augmented reality mode and I guess it is a sign that Meta is starting to monetize that business model of augmented reality Mm. Coming to reality, what about you, Sean? It's an up for me. And by the way, did you know that their VR headset costs like uh, way Three. cheaper? Three nine nine was it? Yeah, it's like it's a fraction of the price of of the Vision Pro. Yeah. So for that reason as well, it's, it's an up for me. So two, ah. I like the I like the sound of that price. Okay. That's so up and up. Yeah. 
Yeah, and new games will launch for the Meta Quest Plus subscribers on the first of each month, and the games can be played as long as the subscription is active. I'm gonna go with an up for Meta. Let's move on over to Robin Hood. Sean, why okay. not you go first? So Robin Hood's cutting seven percent of its full time employees. Uh, normally, I would look at this as uh, well as up because you get to reduce your mar- you get to improve margins when you spend less. But for this, I would just I, I'm going to go down. Mm. Uh, yeah, seven percent of its full time it, it, you know it employees because of uh, its reduce of its reduced customer engagement doesn't right. sound good as well. Okay, what about you, Ryan? Yeah, same. It does look like Robin Hood is going through some tough uh, times right now. It is also making news recently. Last week, mm. it was buying a fintech firm called X1 for about $95 million mm. as a way to get new revenue streams to counter the weakness in his main trading unit. So wow. you are seeing Robinhood struggling to get back some of these, uh, I guess, meme traders and that usual crowd, which was really active in the past few years. Yeah. It seems like they've gone back or gone elsewhere. Yeah, quite worrying here. I mean, we talk about a big bet for Robinhood. I mean, struggling with contracting customer base and that's spooked by higher cost of commodities. I'm going to go with a down for Robinhood. Next on the list, we've got China's electric vehicle bubble. Ryan, what's your take? Okay, so it was a matter of time. Mm. It's down. So the so-called bubble for the EV space in China is starting to deflate. So it comes as... China's, well, roughly 500 registered EV makers. Imagine 500 companies in China producing EVs. We only hear about the main guys like BYD and NIO and Li Auto, but there are 500 of them. So can you imagine there isn't enough space for all of them? Man. It's starting to show. So that is seeing some attrition, and as subsidies dry up, more are exiting, exiting the market. What about you, Sean? It's a down for me. Uh, we've all seen this story before. Uh, in the US, any EV maker that's not named Tesla, their, their stock has fallen apart and this story is going to repeat in China. Right. We're talking about 80% of new energy vehicle startups exiting the market. That's a huge um, filtering of uh, the, I mean, the overall electric vehicle market over in China. So I suppose in a way, it kind of filters out the good from the bad and I suppose the I see. The strongest one stands out. So I'm definitely going to go with a down for China's EV bubble. Let's take it back home. We've got Ames APEC Reed. Sean, what's your take? Uh, it's an up for me. This one has a 200% demand for new units wow. under a preferential offering. 200% is a phenomenal amount. So mm. with this on that, it's an up. All right. What about you, Ryan? Well, it can be a down as well because these new units will make their debut on the 3rd of July. So more units means a bit of dilution on the unit price. Mm. So when that happens, you can expect some pressure on where AIMS APAC REIT will be when it comes to the unit price. All right, I like the thinking, Ryan. I'm still going to go with an up though because it looks like consumers are still accepting and uh, uh, loving the properties here or the units. So let's go with an up for Ames APAC Read. Now, last on the list, we've got Singtel. Ryan, what's your take? All right, Singtel is going to be a down for me. Mm. So you've got the chairman seeking a pay cut. So I guess his 
pay is going down, so I'm going on that. <laughs> okay, I mean, no one likes their pay to go down, do they? What about you, Sean? Well, okay, uh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be uh, contrary and say it's an up for me. Okay. So I think you know, th- there's a reason why he's asking for a fee cut. So, right. And uh, of course, so he, it looks like he's trying to do something like the right thing or something. Hmm, I'm a bit mixed on this one, but I suppose I'm definitely going to go with the down when it comes to a fee cut. But this is, uh, I mean, with a company saying that it's likely to bring forward net zero target by five years, I think I'm going to go with an up for this one. I mean, improving energy efficiency and increasing the proportion of electricity consumption backed by renewable energy sources. These are the kind of things we want to hear, I suppose, in the near future as well. So I'm going to go with an up for Singtel. Mm, all right. Thank you so much as always, Ryan and Sean, for this uh, daily update of Market View. Continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.